0: Morgan's drinking, she's checking the goalkeeper! Off post The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large, and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought, and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap
1: for the women's major league soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's major league soccer. 11 times. You are listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode 68 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. We are so, so grateful to have you guys tuning in and listening to us. Again, for all the latest and greatest in the world of women's soccer, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girl Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. Of course, if you want to give me a follow, check me out on Instagram. It's at Rowindatas25. R O 25 R-O-W-I-N-D-A-T-A-S 25. I will follow you back. Don't worry. I will. I promise. Again, this has been an incredible last couple weeks for GSN. We were at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. It was truly, truly spectacular. We have Madison Hammond, who we spoke with at the convention. One of the biggest interviews we've ever had, and it was an incredible interview, so you definitely want to stick around for that. What we're going to do on this episode, we will recap the convention everything that happened there was some crazy moves that were made some crazy things that happened for gsn that we have to get you caught up on so much great stuff going on honestly we have the convention we have the nwsl draft we have jonathan giraldis signing with the spirit along with a bunch of other moves that have been made we want to keep you up to date also i don't know if you could tell I might have a bit of a lisp. I just got Invisalign put in, so please bear with me, folks. I'm still getting adjusted to this. Uh... It's a bit of an adjustment for sure. So if you hear it, if I sound a little different, uh, you you know why. All right, the United Soccer Coaches Convention this year was in Anaheim. We are based out in L.A., so this was an easy, easy trip for us, and it was just the perfect weekend honestly we've we've got a great new team now the team is expanded it's bigger we have Hannah Cantrell our managing editor i don't know if you've seen her write pieces up on the website for girl soccer network but she's an editor and writer and then we have Maddie as well who has been a content creator and director she's working on her own documentary for Angel City she's working on a bunch of other things and then we have one of our other editors, Megan, who has been incredible editing this podcast. So we've got a whole new team and it's been so exciting to be able to work together. The convention gave us so many opportunities to do that. So first and foremost, we were at Media Row. So two seats over is Alexi Lalas' podcast, which for us is pretty cool. Like We are among the top podcasts that is featured at the United Soccer Coaches Convention on Media Row. We're in that top three. So we're coming. Okay, we have been at the convention. We've had a steady presence, and we're building on that. We've got – look at some of the names that we're going to be bringing to you in the future podcasts. Amanda Vandervoort, who is the president of the USL. We have two All-Americans the college game, Eva Gaitino and Lily Real. Lily Real from UCLA, she will be going back to school. Eva Gaitino will be going pro. Then you have Lisa Cole, the technical director for the Zambian national team after they just had an amazing World Cup. We have Christina Uncle, who you've definitely seen before, either on TV doing referee analysis. She is now the president of the brand new usl team in tampa bay the tampa bay sun that was an amazing conversation and julie Ehrman, the owner of angel city also stopped by for a chat so we've got so much great stuff coming guys you do not want to miss any of this it's again this is this is what we do this for this is it was an incredible week of just interviewing back to back to back to back and and really just having some great conversations. There was the exhibition hall. GSN gave a presentation as well. Of course, our founder and CEO, Jen Greskoff, and our lead content creator, Sam Carey, who also, by the way, got drafted. More on that in a second, but their topic was a real conversation on navigating and maximizing social media's impact on the game. So they really went in depth into how social media can impact your team as a coach, and it was a great, great uh discussion. And I think a lot of people enjoyed it. After that, you get to the NWSL Draft. Now, this was a big moment for for Sam Carey specifically, who again is the host of the Big Life podcast. If you didn't know already with Jordan Wicks, they did season one talking about life in the Big Ten. But season two is going to be coming with Sam Carey as a professional player. Yeah, you heard that right. Sam Carey. Got drafted by Racing Louisville. It was round four. It was a bit later than we would have hoped. I think for everybody involved, we were sitting with each pick, waiting, wondering which team was it going to be. We thought it was going to be Chicago for the longest time. It was not. It ended up being Louisville within the last five picks of the draft. But it is so well-deserved, Sam. We are so happy for you. And we know you're going to do great things at Louisville. They're going to love you there no one is more of a leader more of a winner who can is just a flat-out competitor and fierce and is also technical and can really has an advantage with that left foot of hers so Sam we are so excited for you it was an incredible moment so we basically shook the whole NWSL draft floor everyone was shocked when they heard us celebrating so it was a pretty pretty cool moment uh, to share that with you Sam and uh, as much as we can. Like the, it was a cool moment for us too, as much as I'm sure an incredible moment it was for you. And we're so incredibly happy and excited for you. So, yeah, the Big Life Podcast, keep an eye on that because it's going to be pretty amazing hearing from Sam Carey as a Racing Louisville player in season two. So, you definitely want to stick around for that. But that was an incredible, incredible moment for all of us. The draft was incredible. I felt like the coverage itself, again, could have been better. They're still trying to figure out. How to work with with scripts as this new platform, and ION. Apparently, there was <laughs> Hawaii Five O reruns that we interrupted, but that's hey, that's that's how it goes. Sorry, sorry Hawaii Five O fans, but the, again, an incredible moment, some crazy moments from the draft. I would love to get into everything from the draft, but I also have written a top ten. Draft moments piece that is on the website at girlsoccernetwork.com. So go check that out because again, Sam Carey getting drafted was one of those moments. You have Ali Sentner getting drafted number one overall. Savvy King going number two. There were some definite, you know, shockers to to really start the draft. And then again, check out check this out on the website, right? But I'm gonna just do a quick run through here. You have the fans. The fans were incredible. Anytime there was a trade or a timeout, they would boo because they're trying to get out of there. The draft has actually had more teams, 14 teams to 12, but they did a great job of running it. Teams didn't take as many timeouts. But still, Ashley Sanchez sent to the courage. So Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez's beautiful friendship has been sp- split up, has been broken up, and it was... All over social media, you could see how there were definitely some emotions involved, but that's the business end of the end of the sport. North Carolina and Penn State went back and forth. Of the 56 players selected, 11 were from the two schools. Back and forth they went. North Carolina produced more in the end with six to Penn State's five, but that just goes to show you the amount of talent on those rosters in these last two seasons and how kind of crazy that North Carolina did not win a national championship with the amount of draft picks they just put out and how talented of a group they had. That's the kind of group when you get six players drafted in a draft, those are the types of groups that win national titles. So the fact that they were unable to get the job done, it makes it an unfortunate part of this because that six players drafted is is a lot. Angel City, Bay, Bay FC, a bit of a rivalry is starting to blossom before our very eyes. Naturally, in California, there were fans from both fan bases singing, chanting, going against each other. It was it was really cool. And then not only was Sam Carey's moment really cool, but LaVenny Vaca's family moment at the end as well, where she had her interview. They weren't sure if she was going to get drafted. Those are the kind of moments that make it so special. And it makes it interesting because some people... You know, Allie Cook was devastated, and, and our hearts go out to Allie because, again, that, that's what happens. That's the risk that you run. Can you imagine going to this draft in person with your family and you don't get drafted? It's going to be one of the most heartbreaking feelings I think anyone would have to experience, just knowing that you got passed up on. And, again, she'll probably get called into camp somewhere, but to not have your name called, it is it it does hurt. It definitely hurts. And we've seen it across all sports. Not getting that name called. It's it's borderline. It it sucks. So, you know, to have Leveni Vaca's name called like that, uh, it was it was a special moment as well. All right, we are going to bring you that Madison Hammond interview right now. Of course, she just signed a brand new contract extension to stay at Angel City. Huge for, for the team to keep a player of her caliber within their ranks. Here's the interview with Madison Hammond, guys. Enjoy. We are with Madison Hammond of Angel City FC. Madison, thank you so, so much for joining us. How are you doing, and how are you enjoying the convention?
0: I got here 10 minutes ago. It seems very (laughs) overwhelming. I feel like this is like... I feel like I'm 12 years old again, and you're at one of those club tournaments where you just see everybody that you know from the soccer world, and it's very overwhelming, but... Seems really cool, Um, seems like a lot of really cool presentations happening, Um, and I'm very nervous to speak later, but I'm just going to wing it and we'll be fine.
1: (laughs) Uh, And what are you speaking on later?
0: It sounds so arbitrary, but my life. Um, I guess it's just kind of my story, um, which at this point I feel like I've told a lot, a lot. But I think it'll be an interesting exercise for me, just to tell it in a more public setting, and then just kind of like Angel City, being a part of Angel City, and what's next for me, kind of.
1: Speaking of which, I believe you just signed a new contract I with Angel did. City. Congratulations. And
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And how
1: are you feeling about that?
0: I think that in the moment when I re-signed, it felt very natural, but as I've kind of taken the last couple of weeks to reflect on it, it's... Feels very special. It's my first re signed contract. I'm going into my fifth year in the league. Um, And so to feel like I can kind of create a little bit of home for myself is really cool. And also, it's just kind of a testament to the work I did last year, but also this really unique opportunity to get to continue building on that. And so I'm just really looking forward to the competitive side of it, of just what's next in terms of how do we level up personally as a team and stuff like that.
1: So what's kind of the feeling been in the locker room after an insane end to the season, 5-1, mm-hmm. of course, and then the the unfortunate playoff loss. How are you guys feeling after that?
0: Yeah, I think that I can't even remember how I felt. I think after the season end, I ended, I was very sad and very, like, depressed it felt like only because the amount of work that last year took to get to the finale was unlike anything i'd ever experienced and i you know you don't ever want to be in those situations where you're near the bottom of the table and then have to claw your way back to you know have a chance but the fact that it was topped off with a 5-1 win and that people are going to remember that forever and then to go up to seattle and not get the result we wanted but have the experience for next year in terms of you know being in the playoffs for the first time becky's first time in the playoffs and just realizing all the things that we can learn from that for next year but i think the overall feeling was just like we wanted it back so badly because we put so much work into it and we wanted more for ourselves but i think that is just a testament to what a full season will look like for us when we have a little bit more consistency, um, have brought back some solid pieces from last year that are really important in order to kind of create that consistency and also just build off of it to see how far we can go and how good of a team we can be.
1: And in terms of you personally, what are some goals that you've set and what are you trying to do specifically to get better this off season?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me in the offseason, it's just about taking care of myself mentally and physically. Um, It's a really long season. This year it will be the longest it's been in the history of the league. And I think that because of that, there's just a lot more prep that needs to go into doing things that I enjoy doing. So I really enjoy being in the gym. I like boxing. I like doing Mm -hmm. yoga. And I've tried a couple of Pilates classes that are really hard. Um, But it's just kind of like doing things that I like doing and maximizing my workouts and less so about being perfectly ready for preseason. I think that when you're younger and especially your first couple of years as a professional you feel like I have to be like 150 percent fit or I have to be you know ready to play a 90 minute game and I think that in entering my fifth year, I'm realizing that there are so many things that I needed to break down, slow down, te- technically on the ball, tactically off the ball, and kind of like watch a lot of Premier League games in the off season and kind of imagine myself in those positions. So it's a lot more of like a hands-off approach that I took this year, but it I think it's all like part of the same growth mindset.
1: And what was it like scoring your first goal for Angel <laughs> City? against the team that traded you, Mm -hmm. what was that moment like?
0: I blacked out for sure. (laughs) But it was definitely just a moment that felt very full circle. Um, I think that the growth that I had to go through off the field from being traded, from not having the best first year at Angel City, and then kind of being in a different position where I could take some control back for myself, it felt really empowering but also just really exciting to see what I can do this year so last year I scored two goals one and one in the regular season and so this year it's like well could I score four goals like probably but <laughs> what does it take to you know put yourself in a position to score goals and like be an impact in that way um kind of like changes your mentality on the field
1: and when the trade happened did you feel any type of way towards the OL Rain organization or was it
0: <sighs> I can't even remember it's been so long <laughs> yeah. it three years ago or two years ago I mean at the time I would at the time, I needed a new opportunity and needed a new environment, but I have nothing but respect for the rain. And I learned so much from Laura and so much from the veteran players there that I've held on to both professionally on the field, but off the field through like friendships and relationships. And those things have been really important to me. I've really relied on those veteran relationships. And so it's only helped me at get to this point
1: absolutely i, I want to change gears a little bit um this happened a few years ago but i i have to ask as <laughs> as, as a as a basketball fan you worked you designed kyrie irving shoe a few years ago is right. that is that correct I did do that, yeah. what was that experience like and what was it like for you to be able to you know pay homage to native american culture in that way
0: mm-hmm. i think you know with kyrie the opportunity to kind of get to be a part of that both creatively and like as an athlete felt like a perfect culmination of like who I am as a person and how I represent myself is often through creativity and expression in that way and so it was really cool to design a shoe that was like very out there um, not super traditional um, and I like see it on my shelf sometimes and I'm like, I probably should wear those. But then I'm like, oh, why did I design a shoe that like doesn't really match with anything if you're not playing on, on a basketball court? <laughs> um, and so I think like as a basketball shoe, it's very dope. As a regular lifestyle shoe for me, it's not super functional, but at the same time, the process was super cool and just kind of lended itself to the creativity that Nike has allowed me to kind of have the last couple of years.
1: That's amazing. and Are there any philosophies, ideals, certain things from your Native American upbringing that you've been able to incorporate along your journey uh, and really cultivate that spiritual side to yourself?
0: Um, I don't necessarily think it's, like, one thing. I think it's just, like, in my upbringing, it's been a lot about, like, hard work. And that sounds very generic, but I think that whenever I go home, back to New Mexico, back to um, my reservation, I do realize, like, the amount of hard work that my family and my extended family and, like, the greater community puts into upholding our traditions and beliefs, and it's not something that just happens because people say it's going to happen. It takes a lot of, like, repetition, work, attention to detail, and so I think that I've been surrounded by that my whole life, and it's those are the kind of qualities that you take into being an athlete and then the attention to detail and stuff like that is what gets you to level up and so I've always put myself in positions you know to be in a position to like try to get to the next level so like when I played club soccer it was like I didn't know I wanted to play college soccer but then once I I did it was about how do I maximize that potential and then once I was in college it was like how do I maximize my time to pursue a professional career and then once I became a professional it was like all everything went out the window and you just like are blank slate you're a new baby and you don't know anything about anything Mm -hmm. um but I think like to get to that point it did require me learning like remembering a lot of just like what I've grown up seeing and doing and the people and community that I've been immersed in
1: you were so heavily involved, like you said, in the community in so many different areas. You're also part of the the Black Women's Players Collective. Mm-hmm. How's that been going and is there anything new coming in the works with you guys?
0: So we usually kind of like meet at the beginning of every season and kind of lay out like what the end of year will look like, but or the whole year will look like. But when we were at the, I went to the championship, the NWSL championship in San Diego. And just to kind of see how far even the BWPC has come in the last couple of years, you know, it started in the wake of 2020, in response to a lot of just need for social justice and conversation, and safe spaces for Black people, and what it's grown into now is so cool. In that you know we have, we're able to have like a full dinner and it's sponsored, and people are interested and want us to be a part of panels and you know community events. And so just to kind of like see the impact that that has on just young kids in like our camps and our mini pitches and the mini pitches we've been able to create has been really cool but also just like having that community of like oh we're a bunch of really dope black girls and we all play (laughs) soccer and we're all really cool and I think we all have that moment and it's really hard when you're competing against each other every weekend and you don't have that time to really sit back and be like wow we're really dope (laughs) and I think, like, that was a cool moment to get to do with the girls this past year. And so we're hoping for more events like that moving forward. Um, but, yeah.
1: So how did you, I guess, become in, involved with them? How do you become a member of it? Because, I mean, there are mm-hmm. other African-American players in the league who I'm sure you, like, would like to bring on if, if possible.
0: I think that most – I would say most of the black girls in the league – That identify as such are a part of the BWPC. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, you pay dues, and you got to, like, do things in the community. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, like, a two-way street where you're, like, invited, but also you're innately a part of it.
1: And there's a saying, uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown, and... Okay. And, and so you've been such a big a trailblazer for the Native American community, for, for the black community. Does, does it ever feel or get too much, the responsibility that's been placed on you? And how do you deal with that?
0: Um, I think if you had asked me that question two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to articulate the weight that it kind of puts on you or me. But I think that I'm so much more better equipped to handle it and when I was twenty how old was i twenty two and was just like told and became the first native American to play in the n w s l and then suddenly it was like people were so interested in that, but then I felt like I wasn't doing myself the justice of being an athlete and in a competitor because I wasn't a consistent starter, and I wasn't you know this big name in that way, and so it does create a lot of, like, self-doubt and um, fear because you kind of feel like if you look over your shoulder, like, are people going to find you out or, like, not think you're good enough? Um, And so I think now that I've gotten to a point in my career where I've separated the two and realized that if I never step foot on a soccer field again, like, no one's going to be able to take away what I've done already. And then on the other... side is I'm extremely competitive and have so many goals for myself and for my team and being able to realize that the two can be married in some sort of way but also have two separate like lives if that makes sense and I think that understanding that within myself has been a an entire journey and it's in itself for sure
1: (laughs) a long journey I'm sure and (laughs) last question what is your advice to all young girls out there who are like you're saying trying to level up as as you've said
0: yeah i feel like a lot of people might start hearing me say this more and more i feel like i've used it a couple of times but i feel like it just rings so true and that just don't stop until you're proud and that comes from a lot of internal belief and when you're growing up and when you're the best and you're put on constantly the best in your environments you're the best on your club team best in your high school team best in your college team or whatever you develop an innate sense of confidence that shouldn't be shaken and i've experienced that confidence being shaken and you realize you become a version of yourself that you're like not super proud of and i think in the last 18 months i've gotten back to a place where the hard work and the the unknowns and the things that make this sport so fun are getting up to show up every single day and compete and I think that when you break it back down to like why you play the game a lot of it has to do with like fulfilling yourself to be proud and also to just like have fun and so if I was you know speaking to a young girl right here I would probably just tell her like don't stop until you're proud because it's so subjective to each individual like Being proud of yourself might be getting up and going to training once a week. It might be going five times a week. But for whatever it is for you, like, doing it consistently enough so that you feel like you've maximized what you want to do.
1: Did you come up with that just now, or did you read that from somewhere? Because we need to get that on a shirt. I don't really remember. Don't don't stop until you're proud. Come on. Trademark that. Put that on a shirt. I,
0: like, (laughs) saw it somewhere. I don't even know. It's probably on some, like, billboard or something. (laughs) I don't know. That's so
1: good, though. No, that was... Incredibly
0: powerful. Probably saw, I don't know. Probably saw it in a magazine or whatever. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. It's, it's, <laughs> my next Instagram caption, at Madison Hammond. Don't There's stop until you're even, proud. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, that was Madison Hammond of Angel City FC. And we really were able to touch on a lot of different topics. Of course, the highlight was don't stop until you're proud. Again, we already got that up on, on socials for, for GSN. So, it's just so cool to be able to talk to someone who is so incredibly grounded, articulate, and is just such an advocate for those who are not as fortunate as her. I mean, she's she's a hero. And it was, it was so cool to be able to speak with her and just talk about her career and what she's gone through up until this point. And I think one of the biggest things was also just how this whole aspect of her being the first Native American player was almost kind of thrust onto her before she could even prepare for what was to come. And she's taken it in stride and has been an absolute icon, honestly, and has handled every bit of it with with grace. And so, you know, to have her on was, was incredible, honestly. And to talk about all the different aspects of her career, she designed a shoe with Kyrie, like, come on. She's so freaking awesome. So this was this was a really special interview, and, and we're so excited to bring it to you guys. We hope that you enjoyed it. Let's get into all of the moves that have been going on in the world of women's soccer, specifically the NWSL, because it's free agency time, a lot of signings, a lot of trades because of the draft. We already talked about Ashley Sanchez getting traded and what that means for the spirit. The Barcelona manager, Jonathan Giraldez, was brought in. And that was one of the first moves that was made. So Ashley Sanchez is gone. That likely meant that she isn't going to fit this new system that Geraldes is looking to play. And I think the biggest question, it's huge for the league. Like, he is going to change the league. But is he going to bring his style and new players are going to be brought in to play his style or will he adjust his style to fit the players? If Ashley Sanchez just got traded and they're splitting up Her and Trinity Rodman. And they're not bothered by making sure that Trinity Rodman is as happy as she can possibly be in that situation. Then it means that this is going to be more geared towards Heraldas and what he wants. And I'm sure the Spirit are paying a ton of money. I'm sure Michelle Kang took some convincing in order to bring in a manager of Heraldas' caliber to the Spirit. So what are we going to see? We don't know yet, but... Again, that trade with Ashley Sanchez, sending her away to the Courage, I think, is a was a big indicator of that. And then you have the other big trade with Sam Stob, going from the Spirit to Chicago. So again, that's two Washington Spirit players, who two like starters, two bona fide starters and key players. Sam Stob never missed a minute of any game. So that's like a huge piece that they just gave away you know, for draft picks. The one pick I felt they did get right with the picks that they traded was McKenna Morris. I think she's going to come in and immediately be a replacement for Sam Staub. And they got Kate Wiesner from Penn State, one of the best defenses in the country. So again, the Spirit were clearly looking to get younger shed some of their assets, and bring in new players. So it's going to be interesting to see if these picks panned out for Washington and if this these moves, these trades worked. All right, we've got to do a quick run-through of some of these other moves. I think the biggest, Emily Fox leaving the NWSL to go to Arsenal. Very, very big move on both sides, because Arsenal is one of the biggest clubs in the world, and for them to have identified her as a, a young talent that they want speaks volumes to how much better Emily Fox has gotten. You have the North Carolina connection at Arsenal now between her, Alessia Russo, and of uh, Wubin-Moy. All were on the same college team in North Carolina together, so that's pretty cool to have them all in Arsenal together. But that's a huge move. Emily Fox's game is only going to improve. She's going to see a whole other style of play and really go up against those European players that she's going to be seeing in a World Cup in a few years. So this is the best possible move for both sides. It's only going to help Emily Fox get better, and it's only going to help Arsenal strengthen their team. I think the interesting thing about the situation, though, was the picture that leaked. And there was pictures of... Emily Fox at an Arsenal training before the move had officially been announced or any deal was done. Now, I don't know if this is tampering. I don't know if any backdoor deal was worked out with the two teams, but that's a big deal. Like, a player cannot be at another team's training if they have been signed yet. Like, there's got to be some tampering law, something against that that is not right. It seems like it's going to be overlooked and nothing's going to happen. There could be an investigation. Who knows? That was a wild situation from, from all of this. If, if there was one thing to take away from all of this, tampering is not good. We, we gotta, there, there needs to be a better checks and balances system for for certain transactions, let's put it that way, as the women's game continues to grow. I mean, hey, the men's side of things can't even enforce financial fair play rules, and they've been around for how long? So it's obviously not a science. It's, it's still going to take time to iron out everything. Another big move, Casey Fair, the sixteen-year-old, signs with Angel City. Man, Angel City has been killing it with the young signings and and their scouting department deserves a raise for finding Casey Fair and signing her. If you didn't know, if you haven't seen her, go back to the World Cup, watch South Korea's games. Casey Fair was at sixteen years old. Their main attacking option. The only one who was really creating and actually had a chance to score. Uh, this girl's legit. At 16 years old, the composure that she was showing on the ball and her ability to to dictate tempo and hold up play and on the biggest stage was so incredibly impressive. So love, love, love the signing. And again adds another market for angel city to cater to now we have the south korean market which again is huge in la so you have you have the thompsons who are young you have fair who is incredibly young angel city again is really starting to build something for the future which is incredibly incredibly exciting after emily fox excuse me this might even be bigger news than emily fox and it's the re-signing of mallory swanson to chicago and there were a lot of whispers there was worry why hasn't Mallory resigned yet why hasn't Mallory resigned yet Lauren Donaldson has a relationship with her they they worked with each other back in the day Lauren was Mallory Pugh's youth coach at Real Colorado so it's like the connection's there and she hasn't resigned yet what is going on I think they kind of just needed to get through the draft and get through the convention and and sort all that out before they signed the deal because a few days after the convention this news broke: 400k a year, making her one of the most high, highest-paid players in the league. It's a huge, huge moment for for Mallory Swanson. Again, her husband Dansby Swanson is a star shortstop for the Chicago Cubs, so this kind of locks them in for the foreseeable future, and it's huge for what Chicago has been doing because they they cleaned house during the draft, especially especially at the back. Aaron Wright's gone, Kayla Sharples is gone, Bianca St. George's is gone. They've lost key pieces to that back line. And so it really seemed like, okay, Chicago's kind of looking like they're gonna be in rebuild mode, but no, they they lock in Swanson and she's got a chance to potentially even be a mentor. Who knows what her mindset is, but to to mentor those younger strikers and Ali Schlegel and Penelope Hawking it's going to be huge for that team, and it should pay dividends down the line, but it's a great fit for for Swanson. You add Leilani Nesbeth to that team, man, that team is going to be so much fun to watch and attack. Get ready. It's going to be a different side. Lauren Donaldson's Jamaica teams had to come out and really defend at the World Cup. They weren't able to really get forward as much as they would like, but now you're going to see, I think, the Chicago team really get forward and and make things so tough on the rest of the league. Who knows how they'll do in League One, especially with the two new teams. We'll, we'll have to see. Devastating, devastating news was was hearing about Sam Kerr because that's like the player who, of all the players for it to happen to, no one deserves it less than Sam Kerr. Like That's the player that we need to see playing all the time. She's one of the stars that is recognizable that everyone knows that helps drive the game forward on an international scale. And so when she's not there, it's just a huge miss overall. And I think if you were to tell her like about these last two years, it hasn't been all rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, I mean, she has a relationship with Christy Mewis that has been incredible. But you think about she missed certain parts of the World Cup due to injury, and now she's going to miss a whole year due to the ACL tear. This has got to be a tough stretch for her considering she hasn't been able to do everything that she's wanted to do. Yes, she's got the trophies at, at Chelsea, but to not help Australia and to now have this injury, it just sucks. It sucks. I mean, she's had a great mindset about it. She is, of course, going to be back with a bang. She, I don't think this is going to deter her in any way, but it just sucks that we're going to have to be without her for about a year. Speaking of Sam Kerr, Christy Mewis, even more bad news is samu is having to officially hang it up what a career i really don't think she gets enough credit for just how dominant she was when she was at her peak our midfield was untouchable our midfield our the team was just untouchable both for the courage and for the uh, the women's national team both teams when she was at the center of that there was no touching our team. And when she got hurt, that was the biggest thing. If we had her at this World Cup cycle, a healthy Sam Lewis, I don't think we lose the games that we lose. I think it just goes to show just how physical this game is and the toll that it takes on the body over time. And as much as she wanted to try and come back as best as she could, she just determined that that it was time. And it's so sad because... You're talking about one of the more dominant midfielders of our era, who really needs more respect as one of the all-time greats of of our game. And you saw, going back to the documentary, the U.S. Women's National Team documentary. You saw what Christie said about Sam and how she'd give up her career for for Sam's career and what their relationship is like and how they've always kind of been in it together. So it's it's emotional for. For everyone involved, and to see Samiua's have to hang it up, uh, it's it really it really stinks. But we have to give give her her flowers because she's again one of the best midfielders of this generation, distributing, scoring, free kicks, tackling, like the most complete midfielder maybe we've ever had. If I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, Lindsey Horan, of course, is in that realm as well when you had Haran and Mewis in one midfield together, it was damn near unstoppable. And you're talking about a multi-time NWSL title holder and World Cup winner as well. I mean you can't there's only so much that you could say about her and, and what she's done. So thank you so, so much for an incredible career, Sam. Alright, we got a few more notes. Katerina Macario is back in training for Chelsea. And there's a piece up on GirlsSoccerNetwork.com on what that return means for the U.S. Women's National Team. Go check that out. I believe that Kat Macario can really unlock something for this offense. It's what this offense has been missing. Will we see her in a false nine? Will we see her in the number 10? Will we see her as a true out-and-out striker? I don't know. I hope Emma Hayes, Emma Hayes is really going to get a chance to watch Macario up close and personal and has said how great of a player she is. So now she's going to get the chance to work with her for the U.S. women's national team as well and get to see where best to deploy her. For me, I've always thought it's in the midfield or in that false nine where she can also distribute because that's where she is so good. She isn't just a goal scorer. To me, she is a dribbler, a passer, and goal scorer. She's a complete midfielder. So, I it is my hope that Emma Hayes finds the best place for her with the, you know, with Mallory Pugh, Trinity Rodman, and Sophia Smith as a front three, and Macario behind them. Why not? Why ha- does Macario have to replace one of those front three in order to be successful? That is my question to Twyla Kilgore, their staff, to Emma Hayes. What is her role going to be? That is the biggest thing. But her return is huge. Just keep an eye on that. Two other small notes. One, Pi Sundaga, who we know very well, is taking over for the Swiss national team ahead of Euro 2025. So, again, be ready for next summer, Euro 2025. It's going to be a big competition as. I can only imagine how big women's soccer in Europe is going to be by 2025. It's already exploding, but by 2025, it's going to be a huge competition. Lastly, there was the FIFA Special Award that was awarded to Marta during the FIFA's Best Football Awards ceremony. It was essentially like a lifetime achievement award for for everything that Marta has done for the game, and it was... You could see the speech that she gave and how emotional that she was in terms of what the game means to her and how she has been a soccer idol for a hero for millions of people around the world. And Marta is, is the GOAT. There is no real dispute, I feel, that Marta is the GOAT. And she was awarded as such, so make sure, again, you pay you pay your respects to the GOAT. All right, that is all that we have for you on episode sixty eight of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, for the latest and greatest news, analysis, lifestyle pieces, everything related to women's soccer, tips to help you take your game to the next level, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net or check me out on Instagram. R-O-W-I-N-D-A-T-A-S-25. Rowan Datas 25. 25. And again, keep it locked with us because we've got a lot of great content coming. These podcast episodes are going to be coming in hot with a lot of great stuff. So keep it locked. We will be back soon. But again, love each and every one of y'all. Thank you. Peace.